Hello, everyone. Thank you for tuning back in again at uh, Reinventing the Tattoo for Let's Talk About Feelings uh, with me and Dusty Pitchstick. Um, thank you to Gabe, Guy, everyone at Reinventing that helps us come together and do the things that tattooers don't typically do, which is talking about feelings. Um, so, uh, yeah, thanks for joining us. Um, Dusty was actually having a little bit of difficulties with sound. Let's see how you're doing today, Mr. Dusty. Is that any better? That's much better. Okay, yeah, maybe something's up with my AirPods. Very odd. Very Dude, odd. Really, I, I literally, it sounded like you were speaking a different language for a minute there. Like Quite odd. Quite odd. Yeah. Oh, oh, oh. Quiet. So uh, we took a, a week off last week. Um, life has been a lot of good, but a lot in general. Uh, we had Dusty and Aura and Josh that work at Dusty's shop. Um, we'll work at the shop Dusty also works at uh, down here. We also had Hondo, who's another artist from the Ohio area here. Uh, so we had a lot of people in the house and a lot of things going on. Um, but uh, now we're back this week, um, and there's been a lot of feelings from then to now. So, uh, Amber, hello. How are you? Hello, hello. So, yeah. I am doing fabulous. How are you? Well, doing well. Um, I'm a little bit sleepy because it is a rainy day and kind of a sleepy day. Uh, feel It feels like a sleepy day. Um, but it is not necessarily a full-on sleepy day. Just feels like one. So, yeah, sorry. Mondays are my Sundays, so it feels like a sleepy day for me, too. Right. And I don't really have a schedule anymore. Like, my life just kind of does a lot of different things. So, like, tomorrow I'm working and uh, I'm probably going to work most of the week. Haven't been working uh, on a regular schedule. So, things are just all over the place for me. But cool thing is, this Friday... Um, I'm pulling my Cadillac with hooks in my back. So that's a fun thing um, that's going to be happening. And there will be, be fun. There'll be lots of feels. Yeah, it will be fun. But there will be lots of feelings wrapped around that for me, I'm sure. Um, I don't know. I, I have this weird ability to um, underestimate the shit out of things. So I'm kind of underestimating this. Uh, experience so it might be really like shitty and it might be really crazy and it might not be uh, as easy as i think but also i'm underestimating my vasectomy in uh, a month which also might be uh, a weird underestimation that i shouldn't go through um but yeah underestimate they can reverse themselves well you know let's hope that doesn't happen and if that does happen that's just what it is but uh I'd rather, right. I'd rather not have Donna have her insides cut out and fused together. Um, you know, so that's cool. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, so um Dusty, how yeah. has it been? You've been you've been go 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 the fuck go. It's been a little go go go. Yeah, yeah. It do it do go occasionally. Um not bad. Yesterday I was off, so I got to recoup a little bit. Prior to that, yeah, it did not. It did not stop going for a minute there. Uh, on top of recovering from uh, what I don't think was the flu, because um, I actually had a conversation with Medusa the other day, who was in Columbus while we were down in Florida, and so our paths did not cross. But uh, she came back home. And I uh, got diagnosed with, I want to say like Laura virus or something like that. I guess it's like a really common flu-esque one okay. that makes the rounds hard and it's spread through uh, like basically people get, you know, not to get too grody on reinventing, but people get diarrhea and then like the, the old fecal particles get in the air and then it spreads like wildfire and it's like an eight to 48 hour thing in most people. So pretty perfectly describes what happened. And apparently it's sweeping across the nation right now. I guess every year or two, it, it hits hard and quick. So I have a feeling that's what we all had. But uh, recovering from that while having a shit ton of full days booked and 
tattooing nonstop was uh it was fun it was a ride yeah yeah um i went from like the stomach flu part of it to like regular flu symptoms uh after you guys left so that was real fun like i got stuffy head and like super sore throat and been fatigued and shit so i'm still like kind of recovering from that but at the same time having a million people around and uh one of Jaden's friends just moved in yesterday uh and i just found out this morning that another guest artist will be here at 9 p.m so uh you know i don't know if i'm ever gonna get downtime but i think that's just life right now and i think that's okay um sometimes it do be like that it do be and i'm still thinking about possibly coming out there next week you should do uh, it um the biggest deterrent is the fucking tickets are like five and six hundred bucks who, uh, who are you flying with man i um i just did the uh what is it um google flights yeah so we've got a lot of uh united here and yeah I'm, I'm, here. I'm telling you and i don't mean this to be an endorsement or a disendorsement uh, uh allegiant flights are not particularly fun or comfortable but man they'll get you there and back for like 110 dollars. so will they do it in a short period of time more than likely yes okay um, you might you might have to fly out of Orlando and you might have to land in Columbus or Cincy, but you know one of us will come get you and all that. Right. I'm not stressing. Yeah, I'm pretty sure you guys are always there. And I have a number of folks. Uh, yeah, like you said, you guys will all be there. So where do you... I'm looking at it right now while I'm here. Columbus. What, well, Dayton is where you guys are at, right? Yeah. Allegiant does fly from Florida to Dayton. The days are a little more spotty uh with Dayton I think they only do like two days a week or some some something like that but now I too let's talk about booking flights with Dusty and Robbie yeah <laughs> you know Dayton. I mean why not while we're here uh Dayton does Thursdays and Sundays oh dog you're the fucking man son 157 yeah. on this though you could fly out the 30th and then fly back on the 4th. Bruh. Perfect. Well, no, um, I don't know if I want to fly out the 30th because that's Zen's birthday party. Oh, yeah. I mean, you could do the week after that. True. And it looks like right now for both, like 130 bucks. Yeah, I just checked it like it was like 167 from Orlando, Sanford Airport to... Uh, to um, Dayton. No, that was Columbus. So how far oh, is Columbus? Okay. Yeah, Dayton, they do Sundays and Thursdays, so that might almost be pretty mm. convenient if you did the week after. But yeah, that's that's later. Probably. Yeah, never mind. Yeah, we'll, we'll figure this out later. <laughs> I hate that I get so fixed on something, and I'm like, ooh! But yeah, I got I got stuck in the Google Flights loop earlier, so I was like, yeah, these are, these are all really high. Um, but yeah, flight's a flight, unless you're flying first class. And even then, like certain... Like I, I was gonna fly first class uh, recently uh, when I went to Ohio to do that that wedding, and dude, it was like the upgrade prices were so high versus what you actually got because like if you don't do a long enough flight, first class is just a little bit bigger seat. So I was like, yeah, this doesn't make sense to me. So yeah, anyway, from talking yeah. about flights. I mean, it would be the short, the short I'll give you it like I'll do Southwest when we do like Portland and Boise and stuff like that, because if I had to sit on an Allegiant plane for four or five hours straight, I might go a little wild. But right. Florida to Ohio is like 90 minutes. It's tolerable. Exactly. And like I have this leg here that I can take off. So I sit on the left side of the plane and I sit in the aisle. So that way I can take my right leg off. Yeah, bitch, I love it. It's it's actually really cool. And then you put the leg under your nub and it's like a leg, a nub rest. So like <laughs> it's pretty quality. That so, that is that is what's up. Yeah. Nice. It, it's one of those things I didn't I didn't talk about or do when I had two legs. So funny thing. So let's talk about feelings. 
Um, and so I posted on Facebook. I saw somebody be like, yo, post a picture of us together. So I was like, oh, let me do this. Bro, the amount of fucking two-legged Robbie pictures that were posted, um, it was weird because I don't think about having two legs all the time. And if I do, it's more of like, I think about how weird it is to have one leg less than I think about what it was like when I had two legs. So I've got all these pictures popping up and a lot of them are like two-legged Robbie. And I'm like, wow, I don't even know who that guy is. Uh, I don't like I, I remember him to a degree. Um, I don't remember how to think, live or be like him. We're the same, but we're very different. So it was very interesting uh, being hit with all of that through uh, uh, a harmless Facebook post. So uh, do you guys have anything like that where in y'all's lives where like you were this one version of yourself? And like, there's a clear cut distinction between now you're this other version. Oh, I've, I've got a major one of those. Okay, holler, let's hear it. Uh, last night, weirdly enough, because I went to a, it was, it was actually a national band, but it was a local show at a venue around here downtown that holds like a couple hundred people. And it was the first time I'd really, like social dust still exists. I do conventions and I go, you know, have fun. Uh, but I hadn't been downtown dating social dusty in like probably like a good year. And going there, I saw like at least a dozen friends that I got to like say what up to, give a hug. Uh, there's three guys that are buddies of mine that like we have a Facebook chat that we've had for like legit like six, seven years now. That it was the first time all four of us were in place together. Fuck, it'd have to be three, four years that we were all in person in the same place. So it was nice to see people and stuff, but it was also very like for a guy who used to be in three bands at a time and play around all the time and travel to be there and be like, Oh, I'm a fucking old dude. And I don't know any of these people and they don't know me. And this, this is weird. And I haven't been to shows forever. People are dancing. Why does that one guy look like he's in the cure? Like, what is this what kids dress like now? Like the whole thing was just a wide range of me and a couple buddies hanging out in the back and like watching and kind of bopping our heads and being like, huh, we're old now, huh? <laughs> and uh, so it's one, one of them's a buddy of mine. He's a little younger. He's early thirties. The other two guys are both like mid forties. And we were definitely, it was weird too. Cause it's uh, do you know Mephiscopheles at all? Wow. I love that band actually. That, that was who, and I was like, why are you in Dayton on a Sunday? But tight. Um, right, right. They killed it and it was great, but it was definitely weird too because there was like probably like 200 younger people there, but also like 100 people that were like, oh, I remember when Ken booked these guys at Sub Galley in 98, you know, downtown. Right. Like there was some older folks there too, and it was fun to watch the rest of them equally be like, ah, oh, shit, I haven't been to a show or a public space like this in years. And so, uh, but it was a very like, damn, it, it, was just like last year that I was knowing every band and playing rock guitar and stuff like that. And then I start thinking about it and I'm like, well, maybe a little more than a year ago, like COVID kind of shut. Oh fuck. That was like four years ago now. Oh shit. I'm old. Um, so it was, it was a lot to process, but that was literally just last night. Yeah. That I'm like hanging out and like, all right. All right. Um, this is weird. Cause I used to just know everybody here and love this place yeah. and stuff. So Still had fun. Still, still did some Charlie Brown dancing to some ska music, but definitely uh, equally just went through one of those like, where does the time go? Holy shit, what have I become? Kind of moments. Yeah, yeah, absolutely, man. It's it's really cool when that happens. It's like, and I'm sure just because you've recently experienced it, like it's almost like an out of body experience to a degree, where you're just like, oh, this is really real. Oh, I'm really here. And it's one of those things for me, it wasn't like a bad thing to look back and think. It was just a thing. Yeah. You know, no, and like, it's funny. That. What's that? I said, I totally agree with that. It wasn't a bad thing. It was just, was a thing. Yeah, different. Like, dude, it's yeah. funny. I have that same experience when I go to like shows with Jaden. Um, you know, like we went to a literal venue that I used to turn up at. Like, we went there a couple weeks, a couple months ago, and like I used to go there and get fucking hammered with my homies. <laughs> and, like, 
<laughs> I used to date a girl that like lived at that bar. So like we used to go there all the fucking time. So all the memories that come back from like young crazy party Robbie to like now I'm here as a dad, like pretending to be a party guy. Like, yes, kids. I am also a young kid that likes to party with this music. You know, it's yes, it's funny. Amber, you have, I'm sure you have something like that too, huh? Just yesterday, um, we yeah. took the um, we took the grandkids to Earth Day. Okay. At the local recycling center, which is a huge thing. They do a big thing every year. And I ran into an old friend of mine I haven't seen in quite a few years. Her name is Summer. Now, usually when Summer and I run into each other, some hippie debaucherous shit happens soon after. Right. Yeah, you know, that's just what happens when we run into each other. On Earth Day, no less. Right. On Earth Day, of course. She was there selling her, you know, her selling her tie-dyes and playing her didgeridoo. And I had my grandkids. And, and usually if we run into each other, it's on. But I had my grandkids with me. I was with my daughter. And I made a very different decision than I would have made even maybe two years ago. Right, right. Yeah, it's weird, isn't it? And like that that growth that hits you and the, the wondering, like a lot of these pictures for me came from conventions. And, you know, it's like, oh, wow, I used to do a lot of those. And now, like, every time I'm like, oh, let me do a convention. I'm like, oh, maybe not. So <laughs> it's just funny how things change in such a short period of time. And that short period of time, there's so much that has gone on between from then to now. So it's it's really interesting how that how that pops out for you and the different decisions you make. Like uh one of my friends, he kind of comes and goes in and out of my life. We're very good friends all the time. We never stop being friends, but he just disappears sometimes. And he just resurfaced yesterday. And uh I was telling him about how when the baby was born, Zen was born, how I ate some edibles and I was holding him and they hit me way harder than I expected. And I made a promise to him that night. And I was like, dude, I'll never be too messed up to like hold you again. Like this is fucked up. Like, and since that point, since he's been born, like, man, I've had a few little moments of uh, getting a little whacked out of my mind, but nothing, nothing to the point where, I have to be in charge of the, the baby and I'm fucked up. Whereas when I was a youngster, you know, I'd black out and I'd go to bed and Jaden would wake me up to drive him to school, you know? And like, that's not even a possibility of, of the human that I am now. You know? Oh, I got a lecture from my daughter this week that I'm apparently acting like a 15 year old. <laughs> Okay. She said to me the other day, don't be out too late. I need you up in the morning to help me with the kids. <laughs> so and I was like, um, I, I can be out as late as I want. I'll be fine in the morning. I'm 47, not 15. Right, right. So are you actually acting like a 15-year-old or is she just bummed out that she needs your help? She's just bummed out that mom has a life of her own now. Mm. and it's young she's a single mom right yes it's young it's it's difficult being a single mom being a single parent uh, yes, being young, you know and when you're young and you don't know what you're doing uh i mean shit i don't even know what i'm doing and i feel like i'm not young anymore you know like zen earlier i was trying to set up you know a little mellow time so i could get him down for a nap before i did this <laughs> And he jumps off my lap and goes fucking yanks all the things out of the fucking closet and starts screaming and crying. And I'm like, Zan, what the fuck? Like, <laughs> so even as a stable grown parent, it's hard to be a parent sometimes. Yeah. And it's it's weird because like Dusty's been visiting a lot and he keeps making jokes like, all right, well, last time he was here, he was barely standing. Now he's running everywhere. Like next time I visit, he's going to be using full sentences and driving and shit. And like the the things you have his forklift certification, right? And like I keep thinking about like, man, I didn't even think like I just keep I just keep looking at the days as they come with the baby, rather mm. than looking at him as a growing organic being that will be two, four, 
five, nine, 12. And like what our relationship is going to look like through that, what day-to-day care for him is going to look like through that. Um, you know, what I'm going to feel like as a parent and as a, as a, as an individual with all that. So it's going to be really interesting, uh, being on the sidelines, also coaching and playing the game as a parent with him, you know, because like with life, you kind of do all three, no matter what, right? Like you feel life as you're viewing it, but you also feel life as you're living it. And you feel like life as you're going through it, like orchestrating it all. It's a lot. Um, So yeah, I I wonder a lot of the time what it's going to be like raising this little person. Uh, Because, you know, Jaden's 22 now, and we just moved one of his friends into the house. And Another one's probably moving in next week. And like, you know, they're all trying to get their shit together so they can move out and get their own house. And like, what's it going to look like when Jaden goes past this stage and he's in his mid thirties and he's got a family, you know, and we do barbecues together, you know, like what's it going to look like when I'm on my deathbed and, you know, these dudes are fucking full on grownups, you know, communicating with me. Uh, you know, into my into my transition to the next life. So it's really interesting thinking about all the steps and all the pieces of all of it as it goes, right? So yeah, that there. That there. Um, yeah, it's crazy watching them change yeah. because it's literally you're watching a human evolve. Right. But also you're you're evolving as the observer of something else evolving yes others are observing you while you evolve like one of the coolest things is when i when me and jaden have real talks and he's like dude the human you've become like the the evolution you've you've experienced like the growth that you've accomplished over the years is like you're you were always a great person and a great dad but you're so much better now and i'm like wow that's interesting so it's really interesting going through all the bits of it and like thinking what the new bits are going to look like. Cause you, you know, you're a grandma, you know, you're, you're evolving, but you're also like taking care of other people that are at different stages in life. Yeah. Ever expect. So what's your life going to look like in 10, 20 years, you know, like shit, you're doing this tattoo apprentice thing, like real head on now. Like what's your life going to look like in a year or two? Yeah. Wow. It's wild. I can't wait to see what my life looks like in a year. Right. Right. And it's that's the cool thing. Like one time I was moving to Indiana and I was talking to a good friend of mine and he goes, you know, you're you're scared and you're worried right now, but what you're not paying attention to is the fact that this is a new beginning and there's so much more awesome and new stuff coming to you. Like, life isn't over at all. Life is actually just beginning in so many ways for you. And when we think about it like that, wow, what what a weird thing, you know? Like, life is beginning for us every time we start something new. And when we ride that ride, you know, what's the new things that happen? Like, shit, me and Dusty met, well, well over a year ago now, but probably close to two years ago. We didn't think our lives were going to look the way they look now back then, you know, like it was, it's really weird how just so much changes and evolves uh, and so much growth and so much, so many things, man. Uh, So many things. And then things happen to you. You happen to things. Things change. You get confused. You don't know what you're doing. You figure it out. You lose it again. Like, it's just so funny how life is really this just ultimate bumpy ride uh, with some really great highs and some really low lows. Uh, and like, the thing is, the older I get, the more I, I, I don't realize when the highs are coming because you can never calculate it. But like, we went and seen this show, Postmodern Jukebox, the other night. Best concert I've been to ever. Um, the interactive nature, just the quality of the music. Uh, the emotions you felt coming out of everyone's mouth when they sang, uh, watching all the all the other artists play their instruments. The MC was fucking awesome and hilarious. Uh, it was it was a really cool time, but I didn't think that like something so simple and like fairly cost effective 
uh, was going to give me such a great serotonin boost. You know, like I came home that, well, actually the cool thing was the concert ended. We went and picked up the baby from our friend's house. And then I got to have like a really in-depth, amazing time with our friends. And then I got to go home. So like, it was just double serotonin boost. Life was great. It was really (laughs) awesome. The next day sucked because my belly hurt really bad. Um, But like, it didn't suck because I still tattooed my my chiropractor and had a great time. uh, And life was all these wonderful things. But it's so different than if you would have asked me in my 20s what I would have thought a good time was when I'm 42. I wouldn't even known what to tell you. Uh, And so it's just interesting that it's just these tickets to a concert by happenstance that Donna finds on Facebook while scrolling uh, for a hundred bucks each was like the highlight of her night. Like at one point, the MC is like, I need somebody to go buy us 14 shots of bourbon. So I ran out and did it. A couple other people met me out there. We all fucking pitch in. We buy the fucking drinks. I bring the drinks up to the stage. And like the rest of the night, like now he's talking to me from stage all night long. And it's like, wow, that's really cool. And then you think about these people are just artists. These dudes are flying, driving uh, from, you know, spot to spot on the tour. You know, like these shots probably really helped them this night, you know, <laughs> like, and like, I, I've been the guy, you know, being a tattooer, you know what it's like having gloves on and you can't move the ch- from the chair. Like how many times have people fed me food while I'm working? Like to, to be a part of somebody's artistic process was really fun. Um, and it was just a really cool, it was a super cool environment to be a part of. And once again, didn't know that that was going to be like fun for me. Didn't know that, you know, meeting up with strangers, spending $200 on shots and delivering that to the stage was going to be like an even more fun part of the evening. Whereas like my silly self would be like, oh, more money we're wasting. Where it's like, no, man, we're having a nice time. And that makes me think of you, Dusty, because you are like a very ultimate gift giver. You know, like the the gift that that showed up for Zen the uh, Saturday night uh that was really cool and awesome and like the 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 effects that giving uh has on people it's really interesting to like look at the effect that giving and like the relationships you build by giving and the things that come back to you that you don't expect to come back to you because you're just giving for fun uh it's interesting stuff right yeah and i know you do a lot of giving uh <laughs> You said you posted something on your social story, uh, hoping to get a certain response uh, for giving's sake, and uh, you didn't get to do the giving's sake. Did it anything didn't change on that? Quite work out in my favor the way I was hoping this time. All right, but that's all right. It will. But I, and I like that concept, like this time, and it will, because like. I feel like we give up on things very easily, especially if they don't go right the first time. Yes. Which is, uh, you know, just try again. Especially with something like that. It's such a silly thing that like, yeah, it'll be fine. Right, right, exactly. Especially like when you're trying to do something nice and it doesn't <laughs> work out the way you think. But you know, that's that's where the old adage, no good deed goes unpunished comes from. So... <laughs> That yeah. is very, um, but you know, yeah, we'll take a second swing at it. I'll get there. Right, exactly, <laughs> exactly. And I like that. I like that you're still thinking of it as, no, we can do this. Like, it didn't go the way we wanted it to the first time, but it's not going to not go. Like, it's going to go at some point. Oh, for sure. And that's also where the adage, if at first you don't succeed, try, try again. Mm-hmm. Uh, we, uh, we, we've been watching the little Dickie television show called Dave. And um, that was one of the lessons that they had. Uh, it was funny because they had this little exchange where the one dude Gata, he's like, you know, fall down seven, get up eight. And little Dickie's like, what the fuck does that even mean? I don't even get what you're saying. That sounds stupid. And then later on in the episode, Gata's having a hard time. And little Dickie's like, nah, man, remember, fall down seven, get up eight. And I'm like, I love those full circle moments where you don't really know what is being said. And then later on, like, oh, that makes sense. That's totally good. I see that. Very interesting. I like it. 
Yeah. Like life as it comes. I just don't like it in the moment sometimes. Mm. <laughs> yeah. Very much so. Get that. Yeah. Yeah. So help me out, guys. Where do we go from here? Hmm. I don't know. It's, How about uh, healthy boundaries? Healthy boundaries. Are you having healthy boundary issues? Um, having problems with people honoring my boundaries. Ooh, okay. Dish. So Let's rather than getting mad and angry and pissed off, and I'm trying to remain calm and just reinforce my boundaries. But the bitch in my head, she wants to just go off about it. Yep. Like, how many times do I have to reinforce this boundary before you realize it's a brick wall you can't get through? So that brings up an interesting concept. I've been reading this book, Out of Your Mind, by Alan Watts. Um, and one of the things that really stuck out to me the other day was he was talking about, like, Zen masters and monks and things. And... I battle very strongly with not allowing my rageful, angry Robbie to come out uh, or not allowing the too stern dickhead Robbie to be there. Yeah. And it's funny because, you know, he talks about uh, these, these Zen masters actually in a very similar way to old school apprenticeships. And it's like, you know, you show up at the temple and you say you want to seek enlightenment or, you know, you're you're you want to study Zen and they tell you, fuck off. We ain't got room for you. Uh, too bad. And so you sleep outside and they're obligated to give you food. So they give you food. They tell you they ain't got no place for you. But you sit there on the front doorstep waiting for somebody to eventually let you in. And part of the practice in Zen is like being put out like that and being patient and waiting for the master to tell you if you pass the test or not. And in that essence, you know, you're sleeping outside, they're feeding you, right? But like, they're telling you no, no, no. And you're persistent. And then they let you in because that's part of the test. And then... They talk about at some point in time when they take you on as their student, that's when the beauty of this relationship really happens. Uh, and I think that's really interesting that they start out like dickheads. <laughs> yeah. And tell you fuck off, basically. And that's a test of your patience and a test of like your willpower to see how much you really want this shit. So you know, while I don't need to revert back to my old hardcore, you know, tat goddish ways, um, it's interesting to see that even in Zen Buddhism, like, they're kind of dicks. <laughs> and there's, yeah. there's no like, there's no like, oh, everything's perfect, sunny, rosy, flowery, uh, you know, perfect, even to, to use the word again. Like, there's no such thing as like, the sweet, perfect fucking journey. Uh, the journey is always meant to be kind of bumpy. So to get back to your boundaries, sometimes you just need to be motherfucking stern and have patience. Uh, yeah. And, you know, sometimes you need to, I mean, I'm always evaluating who I am and what I'm doing to this situation, right? So if my boundaries are being met with boundary pushers, what could I be doing differently? Not necessarily wrong, not... Not like, what am I doing wrong? But like, what could I be doing differently to make sure that these boundaries aren't being forcibly toppled over? You know? Uh, yeah. So do I need to pull out the stern dad voice? You know? Do I need to like smack the table with a stick and be like, we're all lucky that wasn't someone there under that stick. Do you understand what my boundaries are now? So, you know, and that's fun. That's like a funny regulation of internal struggle because like, what are my boundaries with self so that I don't go past these boundaries, but I need to make sure that they understand 
that these boundaries are in place. So think about what you could be doing differently to convey your boundaries uh, being exactly stern and where they are. And, oh yeah, I definitely think I'm being too nice about it. And so, you know, uh, it's funny when Zen fucking opened up the cabinet and yanked out all the pots and pans and I screamed, He's, he ran to me crying like, daddy, please help me. And I was like, you little motherfucker. <laughs> this is why we don't want you going in the cabinets. But like, the funny thing was after that, he sat on the couch with me and cuddled up with dad. And he was like, all right, fuck this. I made a mistake. So like, sometimes when the thunder claps, uh, the boundary is more specifically outlined. Um, yeah. You don't have to be a motherfucker, but sometimes using your mom voice or your dad voice, you know, uh, is definitely a part of boundary setting or boundary keeping. Like, hey, I said, this isn't the way we do this round here up in this bitch. And, uh, I ain't really, I ain't really about trying to put out these consequences, but uh, in case you had forgotten, consequences be a real thing in this motherfucker. If we, we ain't really about, about that in these parts. Right. You know, so like, I don't know. Uh, ruling with an iron fist isn't necessary, but an iron fist can sometimes be necessary. Um, That's extra funny because I have a, a very redneck family. Uh-huh. So the Southern accent was really funny. <laughs> I love it. It makes me Because it, it matches. Like, it matches a lot of them. <laughs> and you know it kind of it kind of uh, i don't know i don't think anybody wants to see an unhinged redneck uh, no you know once you've pushed their boundaries <laughs> i've seen them at weddings and funerals and everything in between you know i mean uh and that so that kind of leads me to like something i've been battling with my whole life but like really starting to understand more lately is the concept of when to use your dad voice. Um, I am not my anger. My anger is a part of me. My anger is a tool at times, and I need to decipher and use my discernment for when my anger needs to come through. Uh, I recently had to fire someone. And... Sorry. <laughs> that, was, that was just a, a very funny series of events. It was. It was. And when we got to the actual firing, um, I had to use my dad voice uh, and it sucked. And like, it was comedic when you look at every aspect of the situation, which I won't go into. Um, but like, when you have someone that isn't, that that I don't feel is fully being honest with me, uh, and then I call them out for that and then they have excuses and arguments that's that's my line like you're not allowed to act stupid around me and you're not allowed to treat me stupid like yeah. you're allowed to make mistakes you're allowed to be human but when you start acting cognitively stupid and fucking with me and my perspective now we got some problem friend so <laughs> when when i went to having to do this firing it just was like i try to keep every time i fire someone I try to keep it simple. Uh, I try to keep it concise. I try to keep it friendly. Um, I try to make it to where if you rectify the shit that I'm uncomfortable with, we could actually possibly work together again. But as soon as you start combating me when I'm trying to be kind, that's when Robbie loses his motherfucking shit. And like, I ended up smacking in rhythm to my words, my hand, while... I realized, oh shit, I need to stop this conversation because it just kept getting me more and more fired up. But like, I realized at that moment, I couldn't, I couldn't do the amicable firing that day, which, yeah. you know, I had a little bit of guilt about, but like the reason why Dusty giggled was given all the events of the situation. I was like, yeah, like, this is just where I am now. I have to use my dad voice. Because, like, I'm trying to be kind to you and you're fucking playing me, sucker. Like, you can't fucking play me like this. So it was just weird that, like, 
I found a need for the dad voice and didn't feel bad about it. Yeah. You know, like we had a fucking, we had, we had a, a music event at my shop a couple weeks ago and there was a homeless dude hanging out and he had a giant fucking scar down the side of his head. So immediately I'm thinking like severe brain injury. He might not fucking be all there. Um, let's, let's give him as much love and respect as we can. Cause there's a large group of people here. A couple people are drinking. He's got his drink. No big deal. Right. And he starts yakking everywhere. He's fucking vomiting all over the parking lot. And Brittany, my, my shop manager is like, Robbie, dog, this guy's fucking vomiting out there. So I go up to him. And I'm like, playboy, we can't post. I can't have you posting up here like this, man. You know, cause I always try to like, I always try to choose my words intentionally and soft because you don't want me being the one that I don't want to be. Right. Yeah. Like, I came up and I was soft and then like, he kept pushing me and then he tried to fight me. And I was like, okay, now dad boy's got to come out, get the fuck on playboy. Cause number one, I ain't fitting to fight you right here, but if I do, it's not going to go well for you. So that's not here. Then he starts telling me he owns this bitch. I'm like, actually, that's not true. And now you've made me mad. So get the fuck off my property before some shit really goes down, homie. And like, I wanted to just be like, dog, you're vomiting all over my parking lot. Go hide in the bushes somewhere or some shit. You know, like, just get yeah. on. Don't make it weird for my peoples around me. But instead, I got to raise my voice. And now all the dudes that's out here is now circling around you. And now it's scary for you. Get the fuck on. But like, once again... I did have empathy and sympathy for the man because I saw the scar on his head and I, I realized he's homeless. I've never lived that life, but I have been a drunk before. So like, I felt bad for this guy, you know? And then when he starts fucking acting a damn fool, I'm like, oh, that's what it is. You just can't allow this. You have to, you have to fucking jam your stake in the ground and be like, this is my boundary. Hard line, hard no, fuck that shit. This isn't what we're here for, buddy. And, um, well, it doesn't feel good yelling at someone, knowing that you made a clear boundary from the start and they refused that boundary. And then you ended up using your loud voice. And then that ended the conversation and, and the debacle. Like, all right, well, now I know that like using my dad voice gets things done when I don't know how to get things done kindly. Yeah. Doesn't mean I got to go out and fucking be an ax murderer and fucking you know, ruin people's lives with my dad voice. But like, if it's a tool I need in that moment, it's a tool I need in that moment. So once again, circling back around to the boundary stuff, you know, like if as long as you know that you are not out to, you know, you're not gunning for people due to your own emotional projections, yeah. you know, like sometimes, you know, like, you know, raising the fist of power, like <laughs> lets them know, hey, this is what's going down here, guys. That you know, you know, smashing that stake of boundary and in, in, in the ground in front of you, like this is my boundary. You're crossing it, and this is not okay. And the sting of that will definitely make a motherfucker know sometimes. Yeah. So yeah. Maybe try uh turning up the volume one or two notches. Uh, yeah, I think I'm going to have to, because you, know, you expect people to understand certain, you know, generally understandable boundaries, Yep. especially yep. when they're a certain age. Yep. You know, you're an adult, you should understand these things. And yep. then when they're not automatic, you're kind of dumbfounded. So, okay, uh, I'm giving a little bit more information about the human that is no longer employed at my studio, Dusty was there um, actually doing a tattoo with me. Uh, me, Dusty, and Josh Scott were about to ruin my piercer's life by uh, putting this giant tiger on his kneecap. Now, the artist in question was an older individual, but had just started tattooing like roughly around a year ago. They were brought into my studio knowing like, hey, you only do walk-ins um, and you're here to learn and grow. Like I was very painfully clear about that in a kind way during yeah. our interview. And I'm really surprised at myself that I didn't lose my shit that day in the shop because Dusty's like, yo, 
I want nothing to do with dropping this stencil on motherfucker. So can you do this? And I'm like, sure, I got it. Like, I'm totally about like dropping giant stencils and like hating the process, but figuring it out. So Dusty's there and I'm, and I'm here for Dusty's support, right? Cause I want to hear, cause I want to hear what Dusty has to say about positioning and, and this and that. And then I'm listening to Josh as well. So I dropped the stencil down on homie and I know it's not right, but buddy come up and be like, well, you know, the mouth should be on the knee and, and like, didn't, <laughs> he didn't be like kind or generous with his suggestion. It was also it was very just like, I could do that better. And that's, that's the energy he brought. What were you saying, Dusty? Oh, I was just saying it was also just very unsolicited. Right, completely unsolicited. Like I had just dropped the stencil down. So now me, Dusty and Josh are all like doing like the tasting process, you know, where we, we lick a little bit of the spoon and we're like, hmm. And before any of us can say, what's that need? This motherfucker's like, this is what you need to do. And like, like, dude, my one apprentice was, was standing there and her and my, and my shop manager looked at each other and walked away. Me, Dusty, and Josh kind of looked at each other and didn't know what to do. It, it was this face from everybody. <laughs> and like, his employment would have ended there had I, had I used my dad voice in that moment. Yeah. So like, he wouldn't shut the fuck up. So finally, I was like, hey man, I don't even know if the knee is supposed to like have the mouth on it like we're still trying to figure out what this is supposed to be because like it was supposed to be a smaller cover-up then it turned into three times the size then it wasn't going to be a cover-up it was going to be a blend <laughs> of other tattoos then it turned into a cover-up of three tattoos so like we, like it was there was so much figuring to go on with this like we didn't even know where we were but like that was me knowing that my boundary had to be like another kind nudge like i don't really know what we're doing here man just let us figure this out type thing yeah uh and now robbie five ten years ago man that boundary would have been painted in bricks in front of you like i would have hit you in the face with that fucking like the, the the boundary of shut the fuck up i'm figuring this shit out don't bother me you're annoying me. You're fucking out of your lane. You're speaking out of pocket. Who the fuck do you think you are? I'm probably going to fire you right now and embarrass you in front of everybody. So like, it's really interesting to see like how I've learned to not need a win in the moments where I'm feeling reactive because of somebody or something that I'm not really in love with the way they're doing it. Yeah. Uh, so it's kind of cool when you can learn how to kindly and gently nudge somebody. But like with the baby, if he fucking grabs my hair and starts yanking, I just grab his arm and I just start applying pressure to his wrists. I'm not hitting him, I'm not yelling at him, but like the pressure that I apply, he eventually is like, oh, and he lets go. I don't gotta yell at him, I don't gotta react. It's just a thing. So it's cool, like learning how to apply pressure when it comes to your boundaries without making a scene, uh, without breaking someone's wrist, you know, <laughs> without breaking someone's spirit. <laughs> you know, like we don't have to break people's spirit just to fucking point out that the boundary is being crossed, but we can let them know, hey, your spirit will get broken if you don't respect me and my boundaries. Um, and then if you're fucking wrong, right? Like if your boundaries that you that you got stern on were wrong, then you have to deal with that later. You have to deal with the fact that you overcorrected or you were too aggressive. That's on you. But if you do it the right way, then you do get to have the ball in your court. You get to decide when your boundaries are, are, are being crossed. You get to decide when you've corrected it properly. And then you get to decide when you've corrected it improperly. Because I'm never going to fucking correct everything properly. Like, especially now that I took on another apprentice, man, I know the day is going to come that she's having an off day and I'm having an off day 
and I'm going to have to apologize for my actions. Like, I know that. But knowing that up front makes me feel better than thinking I'm going to be perfect this whole time. And then when I lose my shit, then I'm going to fucking hate myself forever and then have to fucking spiral and then unspiral and all those things, right? So now I know this is just what happens in this situation. My boundaries are clearly painted, but you're having a hard time figuring them out. So it's cool, but like, I'm going to make mistakes and you're going to make mistakes. And that's also another thing, like correcting the, the apprentice situation rather than being like, what the fuck is wrong with you? You dumb piece of shit. It's like, Hey, you know, I need paper towels. Why do we not have them? Please make sure we don't not have them. What was that giggle about getting dusty? <laughs> oh, just, just the best possible. Like, like we've all been there. Yes. Dude, and we have, and we, and, and, you know, like you said, uh, yeah, Saturday night when we talked about like the blue cars that you're noticing, you know, like, we all notice the blue cars when we pay attention to the blue cars. So if you're looking for the things that you're not really stoked about, then you're going to find the things you're not really stoked about. Um, it's interesting. I know I've said that a lot today. It's interesting. It's interesting. I think that's my time filling uh, uh, phrase of the day. Um, but you know what? Uh, on that note, I, what's up? I said it is interesting though. It is. Um, I am struggling a bit to keep the conversation flowing today. So I think instead of going over, I might actually cut it short. Uh, yeah. I just enjoy listening to you talk today. You know, you've been doing that a lot lately. You've been cheating the system a lot. <laughs> I, I, I mean, I just talked to you, what, Saturday? I think we talked for like an hour, you, me, and Donna. I was there yeah. for a week, like... I, I feel like I've vented all of my ventings to where I was like, I just I just want to let, listen to Robbie talk for a while. <laughs> well, uh, I appreciate that. And uh, I'm glad it doesn't sound stupid when I just sit here and yammer on. Uh, Not at all. Bring it out. Because like I said, it, that was that was me like struggling to keep things moving today. I'd, I'd pick up a I'd pick up a topic and then I'd be like, uh, like when I was like, guys, help me out here. <laughs> But um, yeah, uh, life's a weird ride and we're all in it together. And uh, I appreciate y'all for listening to the yammerings and adding your your ones and twos and fours and fives and inputs. Uh, interesting. 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 Very interesting. <laughs> yes. but, uh, yeah. So thank you guys. And uh, I love y'all. And I will be having the talkings with you next week. And yeah. Dustin, I might be there next week. I don't know. And uh, look up uh, allegiance. See what you get. Yeah, I'm gonna talk to Donna now and go go with that because I really don't care. Like, dude, I'll man, I'll I'll bring like a pair of pants and three shirts and five underwears and call it a day. Like, <laughs> I don't. I don't need to bring much uh, much goodies with me. I'm pretty simple as, as a traveling man. So, yeah. All right. Well, I love you guys. I appreciate you all for tuning in. And uh, everyone out there in the internet world that's watching, I appreciate you all as always. I appreciate Gabe, uh, Guy, and everyone at the Reinventing Platform for letting us get together and do something tattooers don't usually do and talk about feelings. Um, so thank you all. I love you guys. Have a wonderful day. And um, talk to you all soon. I love you guys. Bye. Love you. Bye.